Yesterday, the Chiefs beat the Donkeys yesterday in the snowball in Kansas City uh, yesterday. As far as uh, like Cal, yes, like Cal uh, likes to say to a bully Pope, uh, it didn't even look like they got off the dang on uh, plane to come play. But uh, with that being said, let's get the show on the road. I am DB's fourteen ninety two. Yeah, how about them Chiefs? This Lee eighty six. Hey, what's going on? It's Cowboy, and welcome to another edition of Sports Talk KC. We are working, baby. Let's kick it off with the Bills and the Steelers. The Bills was ever able to overcome the Steelers, 17-10. to 10. That was a big victory uh, within AFC Conference. Uh, as the Bills returned home to Buffalo, New York, they had fans standing outside in minus-degree weather to welcome their team. So that's pretty big, man. Like I said, the uh, – the Buffalo Bills uh, organization and uh, fan base always stands up for them. But uh, let me get off some of uh, the stats uh, for the uh, Bills. Went for 100, I'm sorry, for 139 yards, one TD and one long INT. Singletary, their workhorse, 21 carries, 87 yards, zero TD. Jay Allen, the, Q- the QB, had a 28-yard uh, uh 28 yards uh, rushing and one TD. And their top receiver was uh, Jay Brown. Seven receptions, 99 yards, uh, zero TDs. Lee, what is your thoughts on the uh, Bills uh, overcoming the uh, Steelers? Oh, man, that was a critical AFC matchup um, with playoff implications on the line and everything. That was a really good ball game. Um, It was a defensive battle. Like I said, 17 to 10, Buffalo was victorious. Um, it was just a real good game, man. Short and sweet. Um, those are two real good teams that are going to be in the playoffs, um, Pittsburgh and Buffalo. Buffalo did clinch, and I think Pittsburgh could be in that mix as well. Um, Buffalo just showed that they are a team that is, you know, going to be there. And they are a tough team. They Their defense travels well. I like their cornerback. Um, Traverius White had two really critical picks in that game yesterday. I feel like that's what got Buffalo over the top. But, you know, Buffalo is just one of them teams, man. Good defense travels well. You know, Josh Allen's doing enough, being efficient, carefree with the football. <laughs> Single cherry you know, uh, providing a good spark in the run game. So, Buffalo is one of those teams. I just I, I want Buffalo to get one more win this coming Saturday against the Patriots to kind of help us out. But good win by Buffalo, you know. Though, like I said, those are two teams that's going to be right in the thick of things. And, you know, we, we shall see. But good win by Buffalo. That's my take. Yeah, Buffalo is tough. Like I said, I think they may be taking the reins. Uh, coming up uh, for that uh, division. But, Beast, what is your thoughts on this game? Uh, not too much. I didn't even get to watch it. I was trying to uh, watch it right quick before we got on the podcast. But, you know, somebody had to, you know, start the podcast. Uh, A thousand apologies, man. I apologize. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just playing. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it just shows me that uh, Buffalo is for real. I know that uh, the Steelers are down to their uh, third-string quarterback. But to go into Pittsburgh in December, 
Um, even because they have a good defense. Um, and from what I was beginning to watch on YouTube, it looked like a, de a defensive uh, struggle in the beginning. But, um, I mean, good win by them. Uh, they clinch a playoff berth. Um, so next week they'll probably be, you know, trying to go for the division and uh, try to beat up on the Patriots, which I think they can do in going to Foxborough because they just beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mm -hmm. You know, that's still curtain in there. It's hard to go in there and get a, and get a win. I don't care who uh, the quarterback is. They they still play Steelers football, which is, you know, um, good defense and then running the ball mm -hmm. like, like that physical team. And that's pretty much what Buffalo is. So I think Buffalo will give the Patriots some fits on Saturday. Mm -hmm. um, and so just overall good win by them. And, you know, this is, I uh, believe, the first time, I don't know in how many years, but that they have double-digit wins. Mm -hmm. So this good overall, um, you know, uh, congratulations to them, you know, their uh, – you know, their personnel department, um, their head coach, Sean McDermott, and they're all um, – they're uh, two owners. I forgot their names, but I think it's one of them is a male and the other one is a female. So they're like – they partner up together. But I've seen that on like a special like a couple years ago. But overall, just to keep it short and sweet, good win by Buffalo. Yeah. And, and, and go ahead, Dan. Let's kind of throw this in there real quick before I swing it to you, Cal. How I was telling you about beats with Buffalo, they showed a uh, a little di a little uh a little diagraphic on on the, during the game yesterday, and all of their receivers, none of them are over five five eight in height. Cole Beasley. Brown and you know Singletary all those guys it, it just goes back to what I was kind of telling you like that's what they kind of lack in of mm -hmm. a, a real physical big strong receiver you know if they had that you know um, they would really be explosive I think that's the only knock on Buffalo is that they do not have that takeover kind of receiver I just kind of wanted to throw that little tidbit in there because we was talking about Buffalo last week so just real quick, just to respond to you, is something real quick. Um, in the offseason, during the draft, it, it's, like I said before, um, this is a good uh, wide receiver, and it's a deep wide receiving class coming out this year. So I believe a lot of teams will be trying to snag some of these uh, these uh, these players coming out in the draft as far as the wide receiver uh, class. So they say that's a good one. So just throwing that out there. And uh, speaking on wide receivers, but like a lot of people are uh, following the format of the Chiefs uh, as the speedsters, you know, short guys, small guys that make uh, precise cuts and stuff of that nature. So maybe that's just what it is because it ain't really too many big wideouts anymore. No. Besides DK Metcalf and Julio. Uh, with, uh, Seattle, Julio Jones. You had Dez Bryant that's no longer in the league. Yeah, he's from Tampa Bay. He's pretty big too. Oh, Who? Mike Evans. Yeah, Mike. Yeah, Mike Evans. Yeah, he's been doing it for a while. So, like, I think maybe the league may be having a shift when it comes to these uh, wideouts. Um, but Terrell Suggs got cut by the uh, Cardinals, got released out of the stuck in place of Arizona. <laughs> and now he's, uh, excuse me, uh, signed by the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. 
uh, was talking to you, Lee Prodigy, at the show. You believe, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Beats. You believe that he may not show up because he wanted to be signed by the Ravens. But I think him being signed by the Chiefs is very ideal uh, situation with Okafor going down and things of that nature. So uh, I hate to uh, uh, bypass you, uh, Lee, but uh, Beats, what do you think of the uh, Terrell Sugg acquisition? I actually like it, but like I was telling you before, when we were talking earlier, I mean, there were reports before when I saw that that said that if he does not, he wanted to go to Baltimore, but obviously, like you said, like you said to me, um, they didn't put a claim in for him. And I believe the teams that did besides the Chiefs were New Orleans, San Francisco, and Seattle, if I'm correct. Correct me if I'm wrong. But the only reason why the Chiefs got him out of those four teams is because um, we have uh, – out of those four teams, we have the uh, worst record out, out of those. So if you have – within that order, if you have the less – you know, uh, the team with the less record gets the player. So so that's – I mean, that's how we got him. So I'm, I'm just – I just hope that he shows up and at least buys in for the rest of the season. No – he doesn't have to be on the team next year. We can let his ass go after this season if he wants to retire or, you know, do a farewell, a farewell tour next year in Baltimore if they decide to sign him or whatever. But as of right now, I think um, if you can – if if you do have trouble getting them in, um, I think you should get your leaders on the team. You may, you know – have him come in, you know, have him talk to Pat, have him talk to Tyron, and have him talk to Frank Clark. Because, you know, he's had Super Bowl experiences. So, um, you know, on those Baltimore teams with Ray Lewis and things of that nature. So, um, I just hope that he comes in and actually wants to play. We are a contender. No, we're not Baltimore. But uh, we do have a chance to go to the Super Bowl. And we could use your expertise and things of that nature. So, like I said, um I just hope he shows up. I know he said he wasn't – he wanted to go to Baltimore, but it is what it is. We got you. Hopefully you show up. Man, he's 37 years old. He needs to show up. Lee, <laughs> give me your spiel, bro, because, like, like I said, he's 37-year-old linebacker. You're on your way to a, a – we, we lead the AFC West. Why would you not want to show up? Yeah, just to kind of, like – you know, backspin off of, off of what you guys were saying. Um, I would I would hope and I would like the fact that Terrell Suggs is joining this defense. You know, at this time, um, I yeah, I know he said he you know doesn't want to be claimed by off of off of waivers by no one but the Baltimore Ravens. I get that. But, you know, it's just like how me and Pops were saying earlier. He's just like, you know, you know, yeah, you said you wouldn't go play for nobody's but the but the Ravens, but here it is, the Chiefs claim you like Beats was saying, you know, we're we're contenders, you know, um, we're right there in the mix. So um I feel like, you know, um the, the Ravens really didn't have a chance to claim him because they are actually the last team on the list that could have put in a claim for him. So I knew it would kind of be a long shot for him to skip past all other 31, all other 
31 NFL teams to get to the Ravens. So, you know, um, like you guys said, with with Okafor going out, um, like I said, with the torn pec, pictorial muscle like Agba, you know, that's unfortunate. Um, I just think he, he would be a good fit, a good, you know, veteran presence, you know, to go along with Frank Clark, um, supposed to be getting Xavier Williams, Big Cat, back on the defensive line. It would just be that much more depth. Um, that guy, Damone Harris, that we picked up from Baltimore, he's been getting some good game and being, you know, being around the balls and stuff like that. But I just think Suggs would be a good fit because he, to be honest with you, his numbers so far that he, you know, racked up so far with – Arizona is pretty good numbers. The guy got six sacks on the year, you know. So, I'm, I'm surprised he got cut by them. Yeah, so I mean, T T Sizzle, I understand what you. I understand you don't want to be, but you know, nowhere but in Baltimore. But you come and get in this red and gold, you got a chance to get a Super Bowl just like you would in Baltimore. You you probably have a chance to show Baltimore. Uh huh. See. See what I didn't add to you? So come on here. Join the Chiefs kingdom. Let's continue this Super Bowl or bust mentality. And let's just get it rocking. Come on here. Come come on into the red and go, baby. Let's go ahead and get your ring so you can, you know, drive off into the sunset. Get your ring with the red and go. The Chiefs, baby. I like the addition. You know, like I said, I was shocked when I seen it. I said, dang, T-Sizzle. But it makes sense. Okafor is gone. So Oakland was balling. So hopefully, hopefully he'll report. But the funny thing is, when I seen that he got cut, uh, I know we haven't uh, recorded. I called it. I said, "Yeah, the Chiefs is going to pick Terrell Suggs up." I had called that shit, and it, it it makes sense. I mean, like he's like you said, he's a proven vet. He's a big game winner. He's a proven uh, Super Bowl winner. Why not come here? You know, but. We shall see, you know, uh, uh, we, got the we got all the ingredients Baltimore got. Good right. play, good defensive, defensive unit, good coaching. I mean, it's hand in hand. I mean, you asked me, T-Sizzle, it couldn't have been no better. Be- yeah, I, I think, yeah, I think this is. A good situation for him. Like the Ravens obviously gave up on you. Mm-hmm. So why are you trying to tuck your tail and run back to Baltimore and they gave up on you? But hopefully, uh, the culture and uh, when he comes in, like you said, like Honey Badger, Frank Cart, Chris Jones, got big guys on that defensive side can reel them in because mm-hmm. he, he's a, uh, would definitely be a good uh, acquisition. To that Chiefs defense that's already killing shit. But uh let's get off into this Josh Gordon dude, bro. Um I will I, I mean I, I know Lee that you brought him up, but I, I had to call this guy the he is a stupid bitch, man. Like I know he wasn't a part of the stupid bitch, but I'm tired of Josh Gordon, dude. Like, dude, he's banned by the league again <laughs> for PEDs and substance abuse. Do you want to play ball or do you want to be a drug addict? Hmm. You can't have both. Yeah. You need to make a choice. And at this point, if y'all going to wipe your hands with Colin Kaepernick, 
who clearly doesn't have a drug issue. But keep continuing to give this guy a chance. I'm tired of Josh Gordon. Lee, what is your thoughts when it comes to this guy? Man? Yeah, I'm right there with you, man. Um, it's kind of uh, it's kind of it's kind of sad. It's, it, it's not kind of it, it really is sad. That's the harsh reality of it. That so much potential and so much talent has just been wasted. You know, um, you have to, it, it, it comes it comes a point where you have to have self discipline, and Josh Gordon does not have self discipline. All these years in the league, where you've just been running around reckless and not focused, you know. Um, it, 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 it's just sad, you know. You you have all that talent, and you know uh, have all the capabilities to be a star in this league, but your self discipline is getting in the way because you don't have it. And unfortunately, it has led you to this point again. Twenty nineteen indefinitely suspended by the NFL. And I really, I'm just short and short and sweet. I do think that this is um, Josh Gordon's um, last call, last call in the NFL. I think he's pretty much done. You know, like right. the same with Antonio Brown. All the talent in the world that these guys got, and the ability that these guys have, they just do not have any self-respect or self-discipline. And unfortunately, that has landed both of these all-pro guys at their respective position in this position, which is out of the NFL. I don't think you'll see no more or hear no more from Josh Gordon. The NFL, I agree with you. You want to do wipe, wipe your hands clean like you're doing Kaepernick and things of that nature. It needs to be the same way with Josh Gordon because he wants to just be nothing but a junkie. And so... <laughs> Junkie, and that's it. He does not want to play football in the discussion with Josh Gordon. Damn, bro, you just had to come out and call him a fucking junkie. I mean, How old is Josh Gordon? But you're right, you're right. I think he's probably like a year older than me, probably, or a little bit, probably 28. Really, I think so. He's still that young, mm -hmm. yeah. He ain't, he ain't hit the 30 mark yet. Yeah, I was wondering. I was trying to figure out, is he in his 30s yet or not? Yeah, I don't think he's – I think he's around my age. That's sad, bro. Mm -hmm. he, can't, he, can't, he can't, you know, he can't put the blunts down, man, you know. Mm -hmm. And someone – But, but what's your what? – Someone in this circle needs to pull him to the side if they really cared about him. Like, dude, really? <laughs> Obviously, they don't care about mm -hmm. him either. Right. Shit, as long as he he, he bring it around the, 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 the money the gas, who else cares? Mm-hmm. But what you what is your thoughts on the Josh Gordon situation beats? So I'm gonna come at this a different angle. Uh, I do agree with you guys, but I, I just wanna try to play devil's advocate or you know, just give another uh perspective. Um so with this suspension, did they test him again? Like recently, he just failed a drug test recently. Had to, had to. That's the only That's thing I could think of. Yeah, had to. Okay, so I thought in the off season, you know, 
once, you know, the off-season program starts and players can come back to the facility and work out. And uh, you have from, what, April till probably a couple weeks into training camp to get tested. Mm -hmm. So I'm wondering if he's getting tested in season, is it just because he's been um, labeled as a, I guess, as Lee would say, a junkie by the NFL, or, you know, just because he's failed past um, drug tests that they will test him year round, opposed to other players around the league where you have that window to where um, you're getting tested between April and the the early weeks of uh, August. And then after that, you don't have to worry about it. But the only reason why I bring this stuff up, because if you ever catch those, uh, some of these videos by uh, Bleacher Report, where they have the guys, former NFL players with, I forgot the dude's name, but uh, they give like behind the scenes stories and stuff. They had Jamal Charles on there. They had a couple other uh, former, and they play pool or whatever. And they just, you know, give their little stories. And, you know, they up there talking about, yeah, uh, Percy Harvin said he was high every game. Um, then um, Jamal Charles said on there he he took – he uh, he accidentally took an edible before a game or something like that. But I was just – there's different stories of where these retired players are talking about, um, you know, smoking weed or, you know, um, things of that nature and actually playing games. So I'm just wondering, like, is this dude just doesn't know how to take a drug test or is it just like, I, I mean, I just, I'm, I'm just coming at from that perspective. Cause obviously these guys can, you know, I guess, you know, slip through the system or, you know, rig the system. But apparently this guy doesn't, doesn't know how, or just don't give a fuck or I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Have y'all ever seen um, the movie The Program? Mm-hmm. I believe so. Okay. It's a football movie, you know, uh, know which is a very good, very good football movie. Uh, they're de- one of their star defensive linemen mm-hmm. or tackles or DNs was a steroid addict. Uh, and he was buying urine from clean students. And injecting it, you know, in order to pass the test. But my whole thing is with Josh Gordon is I honestly think he doesn't want to play football. Yeah. We can go back to Ricky Williams. He had issues mm-hmm. uh, and things of that nature. His mindset may be somewhere else. But the NFL kind of really need to lighten up if it's a marijuana issue, because it says PED and all that stuff, oh, okay. it doesn't really expose if it was a marijuana issue. Maybe it was some kind of drug that he took to enhance his game. I don't know. But uh, as for marijuana, the uh, MLB passed that they're taking that off. I've seen that. Yeah. The restricted drug thing. I was just about to, I was just, I was going to ask like that too, like since the MLB, since the MLB, has took marijuana out of their drug testing. Do y'all think that the NFL one day would possibly do the same? In my in my opinion, I think that with the NF with the MLB doing it, it's going to be a domino effect. The NFL is going to do it as well. In my personal opinion, what do you guys think about that? I'll say. In my, uh, go ahead, boots. Uh, I'll just say this. I think 
Yes, they will, but I think they'll be the last uh, big uh, sports entertainment or, you know, a league that would do it. I think the NBA, um, maybe even like uh, soccer and hockey would do it before the NFL would do it. It would, it would probably take all those, and then the NFL would be the last one to jump on it. I can see that. I can see that going down like that. Yeah, I agree. Um Versus the uh, NBA and well, hockey, you don't really hear too much about drug stuff. Well, I don't follow the sport like that, I just threw the sport out there because I couldn't think of any other, <laughs> yeah. Other I mean, I don't either, but sport, but <laughs> but we watch we watch ESPN and you don't really hear too much about drug issues, yeah, uh, within the MLB or hockey, but uh, as versus the um, NFL. I believe that they will be the last ones to uh, interact with this this marijuana thing because they um, this that's that's how they taking away money from the players. Josh Gordon just needs to get out the NFL and get his Eddie Kane on <laughs> on his own time. You don't need to be in the NFL. You want to keep getting your Eddie Kane on. <laughs> Get out the NFL so you can do your Eddie Kane thug dizzle, Mr. Gordon. It could make yourself look like a fool. Yeah. Get high. Dang. <laughs> All I got to say is, I got the steps. I'm the dang, baby. <laughs> I've been practicing every day. <laughs> <laughs> Nights like this. <laughs> Rain drops <Joshua>. with <laughs> Your ass out the league, buddy. You don't want to play. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Give me that position. Give give me that opportunity, man, to make millions of dollars, man, to play a sport that I love. Just give me the opportunity. Yeah, yeah. it's sad, bro. Like like I said, man, I don't know where this dude' mind is, but but I will say this: though, I don't want to uh, go too long on this, but sometimes uh, better be prepared for what you wish for, because yeah, to us it might be all glitz and glamour, but. You get into the, I mean, you get all that money so fast. You got people coming at you. You got to worry about things you ain't never worried about before. So I just want to throw that out there just to, you know, yeah, we can all, I mean, I get where you're coming from, Kyle, but we can all say that being on this side, but we not, I'm just saying we're not in that man's shoes. So I don't know what, what he's dealing with personally or, you know, within his mind or whatever like that. So, you're right. Yeah, that's and we'll, and that's, I agree to that. I agree with that. Another thing we'll have to see is uh, pull up to see how much money that he made over his career. Because I didn't know he was that young, bro. 28. Yeah. He's still a young dude. Yeah, he said he, he ain't hit. I know for a fact he, I don't know if it's 28 or 29, but I know he hasn't hit 30 yet. Right. Yeah, I wouldn't check it out. Uh, Beast is right. He's 28. He was born in 91. He's, uh, he's 28. You're older than me. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Mm. All that talent. Call down the drain. Uh, but uh, another thing that we touched on within this uh, podcast was the NFL healthcare situation. 
we have a scandal that is occurring within the NFL when it comes to healthcare. Uh, a couple of former uh, star players such as Clinton Portis. Who else, Lee? Joe Horn, um, Carlos Rogers, um, a former chief, Tameric uh, uh, Vanover. Oh, okay. I remember that name. Yeah, I remember Vanover. He's a Robert Zuber for us. Yeah. <laughs> Turner slash wide receiver. And I just felt that we should, you know, should touch on it. You know, um, those are the. And I agree. Yeah, those are really the only names. It's like a total of 12 former NFL players, but those are the only names off the list that I can just remember them playing, you know, during my time being an NFL football fan. So, you know, it's, yeah. But go ahead, Cal. Well, yeah, apparently, I guess they were uh, scheming the system and getting over, and they're now like in. A three million dollar lawsuit. Like Lee, you brought it to the like I, I know somewhat of what's going on, but uh you have a little bit more insight on it. So go ahead and just break it down to it. What's going on. Yeah, like I was saying, um those uh, those players that we know of, um, Clinton Portis, Joe Horn, Carlos Rogers, um, Tamaric Vanover, and like eight other players, these guys were going through extremes to default the NFL healthcare system. Um, they were um, presenting falsified doctors, letters, like like typing them up on their own, making it seem like that they were actually coming from doctor's facilities and equipment that they saying that they were, you know, were buying and stuff like that. These guys really went through some extreme measures to pull this off. Um, my dad kind of like, you know, touched on it a little bit with me, you know, that's how I got, you know, a couple of details, you know, but um, I was just kind of saying, you know, Rogers, um, he was a first, he was a first round pick, like a number five overall pick, like for him to have to do that, it just, it just goes to show, man. It ain't no matter. It's just like how we were kind of saying with uh, Josh Gordon. It don't matter how much money you got. You never know what these guys are going through or what kind of financial ramifications going on in these guys' particular lives. Um, like I said, man, they, they they went through a lot. Like I said, falsified doctor's letters, uh, facility letters, uh, medical equipment letters that were all just falsified. It's just one big mess. That's why I just felt like we had to touch on it. It's just like that they conned the NFL out of about, you know, four and a half million dollars, you know, over this time where they were, you know, pretty much just falsifying, you know, healthcare situation in the NFL. So that's pretty much the only thing that I really have on it. You know, it's, it's just that these guys didn't just take money or whatever. It's the, uh, the extremes they went through to do it. It's just like, whoa, like, man, y'all were really taking advantage of the system for these two to three years. Um, I think Clinton Portis has already turned himself in. That's the only guy that I do know out of all the 12 um, affiliates within this matter. He's the only one that has kind of turned himself in. Joe Horn's attorney 
issued a statement for him or something like that, but it's a mess. It really is a mess. You know, to marry Van over the former chief. If you guys remember, he was, you know, involved in a real critical scam while he was with the Kansas City Chiefs, um, with the marijuana being seized and, you know, having a faulty car lot and stuff like that, pretty much using the car lot to deal drugs out of him and Bam Moore's you know, why they were on the Chiefs. So Tamir Vanover is, you know, he, he, he's, he, he, it's nothing new to him as far as like scandals and stuff like that. I was shocked to see his name on here. But that's just my take on it. This is something that we, you know, just going to have to talk about in the, in the coming weeks or the coming shows because it's going to get, it's, it's, it's an ongoing situation. And Beach, what are your thoughts on the uh, this healthcare scandal? Oh, this is my first time actually uh, knowing about this. Uh, I saw the headline when it said Clinton Portis and other players, but I never clicked on it. So once you said that, that rained into my mind. It's like, oh, okay, this is what we're talking about. So they falsified what like doctors' notes. Like I'm still trying to understand. Like, well, okay, they falsified what? Yeah, it was like it was like that they were basically saying it, it was like um, they were basically saying to the NFL, yeah, we you know we did this and stuff like that. They had they were basically typing up letters trying to say that they were from big name doctors associations and stuff going to the NFL, you know, to try to receive compensation back for that stuff you know medical equipment that they said that they were buying and stuff like that it's just uh i'm kind of with you on this i only have bits and pieces don't really have too much but that's as far as i know that they were basically falsifying a lot of information to get the money i i mean i i guess my question i, I guess i'm still trying to wrap my head around it because i'm not understanding so were they falsifying like trying to say like I, I guess an example would be, so if you're saying they had like these big name doctors or whatever saying, was it like as far as like injuries go or what? Like how was they? Yeah. Crying? So they were saying that I have this injury, so I, you should pay me this for, you know, because I'm hurting. Right. Now. Okay. Mm. But they, they really weren't. No. Right. Okay. Okay. It's okay pretty I much get it. Because some players. Yeah. Okay. Because some players do have that. um do I mean do actually you know say you know I have this going on and try to get money and that and those are real but okay I, okay I get it now okay I was just making sure I just had to clarify. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty surprised about Joe Horn. I figured Joe Horn's still sitting on some meals. Uh, never know, man. Now Clinton Portis, I know he fell off. Yeah, but Joe Horn, I'm pretty surprised about that. Hmm. And it, which he's a former chief as well. So, shit, he's a former saint. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's where I remember him from. Yeah, when Drew Brees uh, first touched that, mm-hmm. I remember him going into the end zone and pulling out the cell phone, uh-huh. the flip phone. Joe, Joe Hollywood, Joe Hollywood Horn. I'm never gonna forget that he was on the team his last year with the Kansas City Chiefs was the year they acquired Andre Rosen. And right after that, that's when he went to the Saints. Huh. Uh, 
Yeah, I mean, shoot, I don't know. I mean, I mean, I guess desperate times call for desperate measures, but dang. Like I said, but it, it kind of all goes back to the uh, NFL health care as a whole, <laughs> or retirement plan. As a whole. Yeah, you're not being taken care of. So shit, they figure shit. Let's go against the grain and mm-hmm. do what we got to do to take care of ourselves. If the NFL's not taking care of us, yeah. Because I mean, just just short. I mean, if you think about it, that's just like that's just like because y'all in y'all thirties. That's just like in a couple of years y'all just retired, but you worked all your life. You a know, couple playing, years, you know, playing football. But then once you get out of it, it's like, well, what do I do now? Oh, I'm thinking you're talking about like regular life. You're talking about football a lot. You know what, B? That's what I'm saying. But I'm just gonna picture... <laughs> no, I'm just saying, just picture yourself because you're, you know, you're in, you're in your early 30s. Just remember, I mean, just picture yourself in like a year or two, right. just retiring from a career. But in, within that NFL career, you're only gonna get paid what you, what whatever you're guaranteed. But they're not gonna. You don't have a retirement plan, so it's like. What I do now, and I, I mean, I'm just saying for a lot of guys, that's hard. And I forgot the breakdown, but like I said, if if you made it well within your 30s, you do receive a pension, but mm, it's probably not enough to. Yeah, uh, that's what I was saying, or at least to keep up with the lifestyle, you might have to. Your lifestyle, yeah. But you might have to downgrade your lifestyle. But a lot of guys don't. You know, I mean, I don't want to go on a tangent on that. So let's just <laughs> let's go on. <laughs> But yeah, we hit on that. So, like I said, like the NFL is the worst when it comes to that. MLB, best, is killing the game when it comes to taking care of their players. Period. And uh, the NBA is right behind them. But uh, other than that, let's get off into the snowball. Let's get off into the Broncos and the Chiefs, baby. Chiefs handle business. I, I got so tired of hearing about Locke Same being the Chiefs. Man, who gives a shit? <laughs> That's what I said. Right. I don't give a fuck. He's a Kansas City native. He's a Bronco. Okay. Fuck that. I I can care less if he gave fucking Clark Clint's wife a, a daughter a good Rogering. I don't care. <laughs> it is what it is. He's a fucking Bronco. Mm-hmm. But the Chiefs did handle business, man. Uh, let's let's get off of some of these stats. Uh, Pat Mahomes, well, looking at the stats, he had a pretty good game uh, in that snowball. 27 to 34, 340 yards, two TDs, one INT. The leading rusher, our guy, that we've been pushing for, pushing for, Darren Thompson, eight carries. Not enough, but, you know, 38 yards. Where? Seven carries, 26 yards. But Kelsey, my tight end, the best tight end, I may say, <laughs> had 11 receptions for 142 yards. I'm surprised Kelsey didn't have a TD. Mm-hmm. And uh, Hill, he had two touchdowns for 67 yards. Watkins, 49 yards. And the other tight end, Blake Bell, he went for uh, two receptions for 41 yards. Mm. Lee, uh, what is your thoughts on this Chiefs offense? Man, this offense, um, <laughs> I'm 
minus you, my, 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 um, before I say that, minus it was against the Broncos. But yeah. Chief Offense. I, I, I don't care if it was a damn Pop Warner team out there once. <laughs> <laughs> was, uh, I don't care. They 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 are they are fifty three. A 53-man roster just like the Kansas City Chiefs, so I don't care, but offense did what they had to do. Um, This was the first time in a long time that I actually could see Pat you know, standing upright, you know, and all the notion about the hand, cut all that out. He's fine. He looked the healthiest that he has since week one against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, he was real sturdy in his deliveries, you know, um, just just really throwing some dimes, man. Like I said, sticking to the sticking to the notion, the offense, they did what they had to do. Andy Reid showed um, they showed aggression. Um, I text out, you know, to you guys while we were kind of talking during the game. Like this is something this offense is going to hang their hats on, you know, to be moving the ball like that in the snowstorm. You know, um, that's not easy to do. Uh, I just give uh, kudos to Andy Reid, you know, to let Pat really, you know, um, take that game over. Um, Kelsey, we know know Kelsey has one of these games every year. And like I said, if we would have did a segment leading up to this game, I was going to shout him out that you need to take advantage of this team that cannot cover you. And they did just that. So shout out to Kelsey for balling out yesterday as well. But, you know, the offense just stayed. It just seems like they were just aggressive. They weren't playing to the to the notion of the weather and stuff like that. They just went out and played like it was an 80-degree day in Jacksonville. <laughs> so, you know, good job by the offense, man. We did what we had to do, kept our foot on their throats and just took care of business. You know, um, the running back by committee. I know we don't like it, but that that's what we're gonna have to get used to. Um I just I just think that, you know, that we are clicking on all cylinders, Pat, the the, uh, the captain of the ship, he's healthy. And kudos to, to, to this team, man. This is the perfect time that this offense needs to start gelling, you know, to get ready for this playoff run. So good job by the offense yesterday. And another thing that I just didn't understand for the life of me, uh, Shady had some pretty good runs, man. He's very elusive mm-hmm. in that snow. And we totally forgot about him. Well, but like I said, it's going to be a running back by committee just to throw this in there before we swing it to beats. Spencer Ware, they like Spencer Ware. He's a real good blocker. When they go into those passing formations and stuff like that, they want Spencer Ware out out there because out of the three, out of all four of them, he is the best blocker. Damian Williams, Shady, uh, P-Train, Ware is the best blocking back for the Kansas City Chiefs, but it's going to be running back by committee. And Beach, what are your thoughts on that offense, man? Um, I like that. It seemed like um, before the game started, I said uh, with the conditions, it might be a defensive struggle. And then uh, Lee came in on that and debunked all that. And uh, you were right. You know, they they opened it up and they played. They played, you know, 
especially Pat, was slinging it around there like it was, uh, you know, uh, 85 degrees outside and things of that nature. So, um, yeah, I, I just like the aggressiveness of the uh, Chiefs' offense. Uh, not trying to be funny or anything. I don't wish injury upon anybody, but um, with Andrew Wiley uh, going out and Steven Wisniewski coming in, it seemed like the old line got better protected Pat in that second half, to me, at least. I don't know if, I don't know if that showed to you guys, because earlier in that game, he gave up a sack. I mean, I don't know what he was looking at. He, and I kept on showing you cut-ups from Twitter from the Patriots game where it was in the running game, though. But, you know, you have a guy right in front of you. He either goes to the left or the right trying to help somebody else. I'm like, dude, take on the person that's right in front of you. I, I still don't understand that, but it seemed like the O-line played better with uh, Wisniewski in there, in my opinion. So I think maybe that was a blessing in disguise, even though I don't wish for injuries on anybody. Um it was early Christmas, good. <laughs> you ain't right. Uh, it was so crazy. Remember me texting like when I said that about Wally, like, why would they acquire Steven Wisniewski and don't even play him? And it seemed like little like 10, 15 minutes later, that mm-hmm. I was just like, dang. Your prayers were answered there, buddy. <laughs> right, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, like like you said, I just like that the offense was pretty much wide open. It seemed like um, obviously there was a big emphasis on getting Kelsey the ball. You know, Tyreek Hill taking over the top. Um, get, Sammy, in, really. Sammy Watkins showed up about time. Um, yeah, hopefully, you know, I know your pops uh, Lee was up there talking about you know. You probably won't see Miko and uh, Tyree Kill out there on the same, on the same, um, you know, until the playoffs. Um, I still think he needs to get some more, you know, run out there. I'd rather have him out there than than Demarcus Robinson at this point in time. Um, he kind of pissed D. Rob. Demarcus Robinson had a pretty good game. He only had that one catch, and he got the first. But I just, like I said in the in the group chat, I just don't even with Kelsey last week. I just don't like people trying to run backwards to try to gain more yards. Go north. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, I, I like, like that he picked up the first, but I, I just don't like yeah. I just don't like that. Right. And he only I had one catch. I mean, I'd rather see – I mean, I'm just talking about overall with the season. I think Miko deserves a little bit more playing time than Demarcus Robinson being out there. But, you know, that's Andy Reid. He plays veterans, so um, whatever. But – to me, you play the guys, you play your best guys, in my opinion. So that's the same thing with that Andrew Wiley situation and Stephen Wisniewski. You play your best, you put your best five to protect the franchise, in my opinion. But only thing, only um, negative kind of note I have on the office overall was just red zone. You know, you got down in the red zone, and I know that the Broncos played a lot of zone. Um, you got to figure out how to punch those in in the playoffs. Because as of right now, I'm just thinking playoffs in the context of that. So you got to convert. You can't just keep on kicking field goals. You got to get TDs and rack them up as much as you can. So we can figure the red zone offense and try, you know, maybe that's when Miko could come in and do those sweeps or uh, little little screens in the, um, in the flat or something like that to get, you know, maybe he, they're waiting on those things. Like your pop was saying, some of these – 
plays in the, in the red zone, but they got to clean that stuff up. But overall, they were moving the ball up and up and down the field, just fixed the red zone offense. <clears throat> well, like I said, man, Travis Kelsey, baby, eight seven. <laughs> Kittle who? I'll still take eight. Kittle who? Say a friend, baby. Kittle who? Kittles who? <laughs> Goddamn me. Yeah, okay. Well, they'll show up in the playoffs. <laughs> like, I'm just saying, like you spoke on the red zone efficiency beats. That's what mm-hmm. we need to start doing. I, I, I hope, like when playoff time comes, that's what we do. We need to start using Kelsey in the red zone more. I just, I don't understand it. It's like they forget that he's the best tight end in the NFL in the red zone. Use that man. That's where he becomes deadly. Yeah, but you, I'm, I'm just saying, as far as the offense, they got to scheme it up better because, like the Broncos did, you can just drop eight, and you're gonna, you know, the Chiefs, their their strength is throwing the ball. So I, I'm I'm figuring more of like screen game, running game type deal to punch that stuff in because. Most defenses are going to drop in those in those condensed um, situations. So that's all. I was surprised the game went the way it was. It went yesterday. I thought that the Broncos would have been a little bit more aggressive, but maybe you know the weather <laughs> may have had an issue. But they're 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 both two cold weather teams. Mm-hmm. I thought it was going to be way different. Because, like, at the beginning of the game, Phil and Lindsey busted one off. Yeah, I thought it was about to be that, yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought. So, uh, I don't feel sorry for the Broncos. If, if, Pat, if Pat and company came out there and threw that ball all over that yard, Drew Luck, Drew Luck and the shit-talking youngster Sutton should have came out and did it. And they did Okay? Now, I don't feel sorry for the Broncos. Get your ass up out of buddy. And another thing, having that heated field really did help. So, yeah, I will say that, you know. But uh, let's get off into the defense, man. Like I said, the defense really did shut down uh, Luck. Didn't have no no chance against this KC defense. The uh, Broncos defense – I'm sorry, the Broncos offense is very stagnant throughout the game. When they had the ball, it really wasn't nothing much to watch. But, uh, Lee, what is your thoughts on the uh, Chiefs defense? Just like you said, they were very stagnant. Spags and that defensive line, you know, those guys just came with a, with, with a game plan as to say, nah, it ain't going down in your – it ain't going down in your homecoming, Mr. Drew Locke. We're going we're gonna to pressure you. We're going to rattle you. And that's kudos to the defense, man. Um, we can say, dang, you know, yeah, they were stagnant. But like I said, when you're going up a real good, when you're going up against a deep, a good defense like that, that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to keep them down. Like I said, I don't feel sorry for them. They scored 38 points against the Houston Texans, who I feel have a real good defense. And so, you know, for our defense to hold them to three points, Kudos. Um, I'm going to just take one play away. Sutton was basically coming down with a touchdown. 
and honey badger just swats it away and just robs them of a touchdown. That to me was the play of the game defensively because that that set the tone. That was a play like, hey, it, it, today's not your day. It's not going down. We're too smart for that. Now, like I said, man, for that that's hard to do for for safety to come like that and just to be able to have the you know have enough power and enough strength to swat that ball out of the receiver's hands like that, man, that that just goes to show, man. This defense is uh, it's a different defense. Uh, just kudos to them, man. Juan Thornhill uh, with an interception, like I said, Honey Badger should have had one, but it got called back. But they reversed it right back but pressure all on him Frank Clark for gutting it out again um playing getting good pressure you know um the honey badger really set the tempo early in that ball game if y'all remember he got that sack on Drew Luck you know pretty much early and that let me know okay this defense is here to play but kudos to the defense man they did what they had to do they nah they didn't take no victims you know, they seen what the Broncos did to the Texans and they just played played real good ball yesterday, man. Kudos to you know, Spags and this unit for continuing to stand up and letting their nuts hang, like Frank Clark would say. Yeah, like I said, man, defense is showing up, bro. So well, Beast, what are your thoughts on the uh, Chiefs defense as a whole? Well, first of all, it starts with Spags, baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, he called a well good game yesterday, um, you know, confusing the young fella, you know, uh, showing one thing pre-snap and then turn it into something else post-snap. And it, you could tell that it confused a lot because he had to stand there and pat the ball, try to run around and look for something and then end up getting sacked, you know, by or uh, getting pressured by, you know, Frank Clark, uh, Chris Jones, and then, you know, I like that thing where, you know, the honey badger comes from, you know, uh, if you're looking from Julian's perspective, from that left side, you know, creeping up and acting like he's going to come. And he doesn't know if he's going to come or, you know, drop in the middle or jump or jump back uh, to a safety head over the top to the corner. Um, just things like that. And then uh, to me, I would say this for me, Lee, was the turning point for me on this defense. Uh, you alluded to it though. It was a couple plays before that, I believe, or maybe, or maybe it was earlier in the game, and that was a totally different drive. I'm not sure, but um, when Tyron Matthew did get that pick, and then the red flags on both teams to offset it, usually in those situations, um, uh, when you have to play that, usually the offense is is back you know, that momentum swings back their direction and usually they go in and score. Mm-hmm. But a couple of plays like you alluded to, you know, being, um, you know, showing different looks, uh, pre-snap and then post-snap tricks, you know, Drew Locke and then you get the pick by Thornhill. So, as um, I'm saying, I believe this defense is peaking right. Uh, this whole team is actually peaking at the right time. It's not like in the years past where, in the beginning of the season, we we're red hot. You know, we we're undefeated, and then we right. get into November and second off, and everybody, you know, um, figures us out. It's to the point where 
Uh, we had our struggles earlier in the season, and now at this point, it's all coming to a head, and we're coming together as a complete team. And I know, um, you know, earlier when I was up there talking about, you know, the offense as far as, you know, scoring in the red zone, and I keep – and then, you know, um, some of the people were saying, you know, nationally or locally here as far as, you know, the offense is not um, – I'll allude to the 2018 offense. Well, that offense had to score, you know, 40 a game because the defense was so horrible. This Chiefs right. offense, then, as of right now, yeah, you might want you you might want them to score maybe one more touchdown just to keep it, you know, just to make sure. But with this defense, this offense doesn't have to score, you know, thirty-five to forty a game. Maybe they only need to score twenty-seven to thirty-one a game right. to win the game. That's that's what I'm saying. That's that's my take on this defense. You can you can go to the Super Bowl with this defense. Absolutely. That's all. But yeah, uh, like I said, uh, I'm gonna say this: um, we were playing the Broncos. I don't give a fuck who we were playing. It's the NFL. Okay. It's any given Sunday. No, 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 because I should have gave you, I should have gave you a hell of a hard time for fucking picking the Patriots last week. Yeah, that's all. We played the Broncos. Oh gosh, it's the NFL, Cal. You, I know it's in the We didn't beat him to a bloody poke. Huh? We didn't. Yeah, we did. Okay. No, we didn't. Okay. Man, that's we're hard. playing the Broncos. I, I never, I never, I never had one doubt in my mind in any any juncture of that game yesterday that Denver was going to be only. Only thing that that jumped out to me that Denver was going to do, and it quickly got reversed by Honey Badger. I said, "Damn, they just gave up a touchdown." Honey Badger quickly said, "Uh, uh-uh, I'm robbing you of that, of that seven. That was the only time in that game where I said, "Damn, it looked like Denver about to do something." I not one point in that game did I feel Denver was competitive. They wasn't. That's what I'm saying. We were playing the Broncos. But that so, but, but, but you said it like they were not a capable team. Yes, we they was it. You want to know why? Because okay, okay. Um, let's get off into. I, I'm 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 just moving forward. Let's get off into the the, 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 the playoff picture. <laughs> the Broncos are five and nine. Right. We own we own the AFC West. We beat. The, the Denver Broncos, 23 to 3. So, y'all think that was a bloody Pope beating? Only thing, I was trying, only thing I was trying to get at, yes, I know their record and stuff like that. Only thing I'm trying to say is that our capabilities kept them down. It's more, I'm not taking from it, oh, we were playing the Broncos. No, because the Chiefs could have easily came out and said, fuck it, we're going to lay an egg, it's the Broncos. They could have deal with the Houston Texans did. But that's what good football teams, that's what good football teams do. That's the only thing I was getting at. Agree. I, I agree with that, but we still play the Broncos. Right. Mm. So, I'm not, I'm not going to... Uh, uh, Say that we're where we need to be because we're playing the fucking Broncos. Let's just be honest. 
we know we were a better team than the Broncos. Let's just be honest. Mm-hmm. The Texans, not so much. But we know within our division, we know the Broncos, that we're a better team out the AFC West than the fucking Denver Broncos. That's who we were playing. So, no, I'm not going to give them, like, they beat them to a bloody poke because they didn't. At all. Yeah. Pat still had his struggles. Yeah, I agree with you on that, you know, uh, but like I was just, like I was saying, it's it's the NFL. Any given Sunday, anything could happen. And if you let up for a quick second, you you can get beat in this league. And that's what good that's what separates the contenders from the pretenders. So I'll be I agree. Oh um, go ahead, Cal. No, go ahead, Beats, because I don't want to hear anything. You picked the Patriots last week. And I should have I should I should have chimed in on your ass last week, but I did. <laughs> They don't really chat to my ass. That really chat my ass when you picked the fucking picture. All, all I was going to say was, so with this playing style that we're playing and that we're building this momentum, you don't think that the way they're playing right now could go, um, can carry us deep into the playoffs and possibly to a uh, a trip to Miami? I'm a realist. We played a declining Chiefs team. I'm sorry. We played a declining Patriots team that managed to slip pod, slip by the Bengals. We played a terrible fucking Denver Broncos team. I'm not so – I mean, like, I love my Chiefs, but like I said, at the beginning of the season, I said it is what it is when it comes to this record. And I picked 12 and 4. And we are – Ten and four right now. We got two more games left. Yeah, we'll get them dubs. Yeah. And, and if TC, so, and the real sizzle, a Cubs man, and and that's like what B said. Like that's if a, a Terrell sizzle really wants to come and play for us. Now, if you want to be a bitch ass dude and like I just want to play for the Ravens, then what's the point of accumulating? But you're on a solid-ass team, though, right now. The Chiefs are very solid. You have a position to win a Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. And and that's what kind of scares me about that situation. Like, if T-Sizzle does join the Chiefs and just say that we do end up meeting with the Baltimore Ravens in the AFC Championship game, is this dude go give it his all, or is he going to pussyfoot around because he's playing against the Baltimore Ravens? That's what I kind of don't like about that, because you gotta... I don't know, I just wish he would take the, take the stance of, yeah, I'm coming to the Chiefs, you know? And, and, but uh, I'm going to show the Ravens what they missed out on. I, I, another thing about the Ravens, they don't scare me, because their fucking division at this point is weak. Uh, Lamar Jackson, yeah, he can get it done with his legs, but can he get it done with his arm? If we play them again, the way the Chiefs defense is playing, I think we can beat them. That's what I just asked you. I brought in, I didn't, I didn't even say that, bro. I didn't say it like that, but I was just saying, yeah, I didn't hear you say that, beast. Yeah, we can beat the Ravens. I I know we can beat the Ravens because Lamar Jackson really is not a good. Out, I mean, he's to me with him, 
yes, he has a he has an arm and he can make certain throws. But on besides his tight ends, who else can he throw to? And if we can stop the run or stop him from running, what else can they do? Right. See, the th- no, I mean, I don't want to get into a game plan, but see, the thing about that is you got to jump on the Ravens early and then make them play catch up and make them not use the run game. You can't keep it close. Right. You got to jump on and make and force them. And what's bro's, uh, what's bro's name? They run it back. Uh, Ingram. Mark Ingram. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He ain't doing nothing. It's, it's fucking Jackson doing all the shit. Yeah, Mark yeah. Ingram, he gets off in certain points, mm-hmm. but he ain't producing the yards that Jackson produced. Well, see, I agree. I agree. This is a very this is a very healthy conversation that we're having when it comes to the Ravens. Because in that third game, Beach just hit it right on the head. If y'all remember, yeah, I think I think the Ravens scored in that game first, six to nothing, but the Chiefs put the pedal to the metal and got up to a lead. And it forced the the uh, Baltimore Ravens to get away from that run pass option thing and just start using Lamar's arm. So the blueprint is out there. Their offense has not changed significantly like that, like that. So and we beat them. So I I agree with you. I'm not afraid of Baltimore either. You know, it's just because we've already played them. So, at this time, we I think we will play them better. Because mm-hmm, you'll have Tariq in this game. Exactly. Yeah. Tariq could be in this game. Frank Clark could be a different Frank Clark. Honey Badger was, was it who he was now mm-hmm. week three. So, Juan Thornhill was it who he was. So, yeah, the, ingredient is, the ingredients are there. To me, the, the, the teams that really scared me when it comes to the Chiefs out of this AOC whole division is the fucking Titans. Well, they may not be in there because they lost. And they, the may, yeah, they may not be in there because they lost. The Titans I'm just saying. the foot yesterday by losing to Houston. So the Titans may not even be, you know, in the play and them, on the, in the hunt side. And them damn Bills. Now that's a yeah, I can see that. Yeah, yeah, Buffalo, Buffalo, Buffalo and Pitt. Only reason, only thing that don't scare me about Pittsburgh is that, like Beats touched on, is the quarterback situation in his show last night. They do not have no one under the helm that can make a play with them with their arms. Yes, they have a real good defense and a good running game, but their quarterback situation is just. I can say one thing about Buffalo. Um, it's kind of the same thing. Um, I think Spaz can actually, like like he did with Drew Locke, kind of confuse Josh uh, Allen a little bit. Because, you know, Josh Allen is a he, – he is turnover prone, whether that's not take care of the ball in the pocket. So, you know, your defensive lineman can swat at the ball. Or, you know, just baiting them with Honey Badger and Juan Thornhill, um, you know, into into some uh, – throwing into some tight windows and then picking them off. So, there's some plays to be had. And just like uh, you alluded to, um, Lee, earlier in the game when we were talking about Buffalo, their receivers are short and small. Mm-hmm. And so, we – 
Yeah, the only the only the only thing that can kind of if they can just ugly up the game and just run the ball and do things if they can get the running game going. But if you can keep them under a hundred yards and they have to pass and we can do what we was doing yesterday, but we, like I said, we can if we can improve in the red zone, like I said, if it comes to a head and everything is clicking on all cylinders, I, I don't fear nobody. Nobody. Yeah, we got to make our red zones uh, appearances count. But like you like, I don't know, man. Uh, it's just so much when it comes to this Chiefs team. We get okay. numbers within the red zone. Is, is, is you got PS, you got PTSD. You got that Chiefs that letdown that they do every year since you know since we've been watching every year. You get in the playoffs and it's either they can win. One game when they get to that divisional round or some end up some miracle just happens to where they just lose the game. I understand where you're coming from. But, yeah, that's they, have, a- but they have given us this Chiefs team has given us the the uh I would say the the groundwork, so to speak. Uh they they basically have showed us on the field, hey, don't be worried about that letdown uh situation. Yes, it could happen because this is the NFL, but in New England, like I said, the last play of the game, uh, Pops brought it to my attention. He said, yeah, you kind of turned away before Breland knocked it away, you know, knocked it away from Julian Edelman. It goes back to that PSD. You know, oh, we're so used to seeing the letdown. I just didn't want to see it, and they didn't let it happen. Honey Badger knocking that ball away from Sutton. Didn't let the letdown happen. No touchdown. Um, like you alluded to, they had the interception wiped away. Last year, that defense would have would have gave up a touchdown the next play with that with that touch, with that interception being wiped away. What did they do? Like you said, beats Spags mixed it up again. Juan Thornhill, bam, intercepted. There you go. So they they have given us some signs of life that. They're not going to let that letdown occur. Well, I'm, I'm really tied in with the defense. I'm just saying, uh, excuse me, the offense. Yeah, 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 yeah. The defense is doing their job, bro. Yeah. Like, I ain't got no problem with Chiefs defense at all. It's the offense that I'm not. So what you what, what would you want them just to score? I mean, just saying with the game yesterday, would you just like them to score one more touchdown just to – Put it further out of reach. Yeah, maybe a few more touchdowns. I mean, because we're playing the fucking Denver Broncos, bro. It, it, it shouldn't have been. It should have been a blowout, bro. Well, it I get that, but you don't want to just get just have throwaway plays. You just, you, I mean, I mean, you know, this Andy Reid's gonna play conservative if he has a lead and he thinks he can get get by with not showing anything else. He'll shut it down all the way. So, Cal wants to see. Cal wants to see that imposing your will. He wants to see what Baltimore does to you. Right, Baltimore don't stop. They're bigs up front, moving guys off the ball, power running game. But like I said, yesterday's ball game let me know, oh, shit, 
they didn't stick to the narrative. They came out aggressive as hell in the snow. And that was kudos to me. Like, I even said, like, on that deep pass to Blake Bell, Andy Reid got some plays in his arsenal for this playoff run. The the run pass option play, Kelsey scores on last week up in Gillette. The the long uh, play to Blake Bell. Blake Bell was so wide open is because they – they shot them with that double tight end set in the juncture of that game and had Kelsey and Bell run a route. And Bell was so wide open because they were not used to seeing that on field. And that was good coaching, good coaching and aggressive aggressiveness by Andy Reid and that offense. That play to Bell just showed me. That's why I text. Oh, okay. See, he's going to mix that double tight end set and stuff in. So, hopefully, man. We'll, we'll just have to see at this point, man. We, we're we in week 14. So, we'll just have to see. And the, and the Tyreek Hill touchdown is very sweet. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, the, the, like B said, the, the, the catches that Sammy Watkins had, those were some good aggressive plays, you know, uh, running Sammy down the slot down the seam of the field and you know being wide open like that man that those were aggressive plays to me I came away at it like shit yeah I would like to you know have you know the red zone efficiency seven instead of three but you know and you know I I know the last thing that we were going to get to was the special teams I just give kudos to Dave Tubb and the special teams because that stuff is hard to do early they had a hiccup where you know they um where they botched the extra point attempt but for Butler to come through particularly to hit the 44 yarder in those conditions to make it 15 to 3 going into half that was big, man, because in, that's hard to do. So kudos to, you know, the, the special teams for, you know, getting their act together after the first quarter um, point. Oh, you got cut off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you <laughs> 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 Fucking Patriots airway, baby. Let me hang it up. And this is a long ass show. Let me hang it up. And I, uh, we'll, we'll. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. But yeah, man, like I was saying, you know, the, that's hard to do. The special teams, you know, um, Bucker hitting that 44 yarder. You know, at the half, you know, going into uh, halftime to make it 15 and three. So I just wanted to give a shout out to, you know, Dave Tubb and the special teams unit because I know we was getting to that. But, you know, that that's hard to do. You know, like I said, I know we would rather put seven on the board, but Bucker, you know, he's a weapon as well. So he's putting them things through. So just got to take it for what it's worth. But good job putting them through there for them threes and in those conditions. Yeah, special team is definitely a weapon. Buckner was doing his thing as usual. You know what I'm saying? We didn't have no missed field goals or anything like that. But uh, as for the AFC and NFC, like we said, uh, we clinched. Patriots clinched. Lee, what are your thoughts on the uh, playoff pitch? Yeah, uh, only thing really that changed in the AFC 
was Buffalo jumped to number five, and Pittsburgh is now number six. If Tennessee would have won against Houston, they would have been number six, and Pittsburgh would have been out. But um, like you said, you got Baltimore um, currently the the uh, Patriots, the Chiefs, and the, then the Texans. So, you know, um, only thing that really did, you know, in both pitchers, there was some change because, like I said, um, San Francisco lost in the last in the last play of the game to Atlanta. So as far as shifting to the NFC side, um, I, I believe number one now is um, the C, the the Seahawks. Or right, you're right. You're right. Number one is the Seahawks. Number two, you have the Saints. Um, uh, number three, you have the uh, um, what's the what's the other team? So you got the Green Bay, huh? Green Bay. Right, you got the Seahawks, you got the Saints, Green Bay, and then you have Dallas. That's going to be a critical game between them and Philly. You know, they're both seven and seven, going head to head to kind of you know see what's up in that NFC East. But yeah, uh, that was the big shifter in the NFC with San Francisco losing on the last play of the game to the Falcons. They're now the fifth seed. So then you have Minnesota right there. So a lot to go on, you know, um, as far as uh, both respected pitcher, uh, playoff pitchers. So that's pretty much my take on that. That would be shocker with San Francisco, you know, dropping from one to five. Yeah. Beach, what are your thoughts is on the uh, playoff pitchers? So. Um. My only, I mean, not. I don't really have anything because nothing really changed as far as on the AFC side. Everybody pretty much stayed packed since, um, you know, um, everybody in that top uh, four won. And then, yeah, pretty much everybody in that top four to five slots won with, uh, with the Bills winning last night to uh, clinch their spot in the playoffs. So, um only thing I had, which Lee kind of touched on, was San Francisco losing <clears throat> yesterday to the Atlanta Falcons, who are what four and nine, five and nine now since they got that dub. And just to bring back to your point, Cal, see the Chiefs could have done that yesterday, and just you know. Yeah. So I mean, no, they no, we didn't beat them to a bloody pope or you know blow them out or did did with you know. Um, the Bron- I mean, not the Broncos, uh, the Ravens did to the Jets, you know, by just pouring it on and pouring it on and poisoning poison- and poison their will. But, um, I mean, we got the dub. So, I mean, at least we didn't have a letdown like Sam Fran. That's just, that's just crazy going from the one seed, now you're the five seed. That's crazy. And now you got to play. You went from having home field advantage to now you got to go on the road to the playoffs. That's crazy. Or possibly, yeah, their first, possibly their first game be on the road in Dallas or Philadelphia. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's crazy. 
Yeah. I mean, I think they'll win that game, honestly, but I'm just saying you yeah. win home field advantage. That's crazy. Well, like y'all say, man, like, you know, is any teams, uh, mm-hmm. any team? Should but, I uh, get any... Shit. Shit. Like I said, just let me dress out. I don't even want to dress out. Just let me be in a fucking, uh, in that you want to be a water boy? Water boy, sweatsuit, it don't matter. Shit, let me be the nigga serve breakfast. I don't care. Cowboy want to be the equipment manager. Let me be a, be a fuck. Hey, one arrowhead driver putting in the app, nigga. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> let me. Let me <laughs> nah, I was about to say something else. I ain't gonna say it on here, but uh. But do y'all think it's anything else we need to talk about on the playoff picture? No, nah, I mean, I mean, to me, that was the only thing that really jumped out to me was that San Fran went from the number one seed yeah. to having a home field advantage to losing to the Falcons. And you're you're possibly having to go on the road for three games. And that's crazy. Yeah, that's the NFC man. It's anybody's game out of the time, AMC. Yeah, a lot that's going to change between both pitchers. Like I said, you got the Bills playing the uh, the Patriots coming up. So, yeah. it, it's interesting to see. Like I said, Dallas and Philly squaring off each other. So, I'm pretty sure once we touch on it after the weeks of games, it'll be so different. I hope so. I hope Buffalo can get the Patriots because if you do that – then we'll move. Then we can move up to that second seed, and then with that going, I think Buffalo will get that that possibly that third seed or the fourth seed, and, and the Patriots would have to go on the road three games. Wild card week. Yep, that's why they, that that's why that game on Saturday between them two is so so pivotal. Mm-hmm. Well, shit. Well, there's a lot of shit shaping up. Well, let's uh, shift gears to the NBA, man. Uh, we got some sad news uh, that comes with David Stern, health issues. He had a brain hemorrhage. Very sad, man. Very respected. Uh, very great commissioner uh, when it comes to the NBA. You know, never had any scandals or anything like that. Was a pretty straightforward guy. But uh, he's having some health issues. Lee, what are your thoughts on the uh, the David Stern? Uh, yeah, it's very unfortunate um, with David Stern. Um, I really did like David Stern. Um, like I said, as far as the current health update, you know, did suffer brain hemorrhage. He's kind of, you know, in stable condition. That's the last I seen on that. But like you touched on, man, very, very. Did you say something? Yeah. 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 I was going to say very, very well respected, you know, um, former NBA commissioner and things of that nature. Um, he's really responsible for, you know, um, keeping the NBA, you know, relevant. You know, like I said, he, struck, he, he was a part, he was the, you know, the main one to strike that big TV deal with the NBA. Um, personally, 
personally uh, greats came out and said if it wasn't for Mr. Stern, you know, they wouldn't be nothing such as Magic Johnson, you know, keeping those guys and commentating and stuff like that with the TV deals. So I just thought we should touch touch bases on uh, on David Stern's help, you know, hope, you know, prayers to his family that he has a quick recovery and that um, he can get out of this. But um, it's very sad to, you know, hear and see the news for David Stern. It's a real pioneer, you know, involved in the NBA, you know. So before he left as commissioner, like I say, his his big thing was striking that big TV deal, you know, to keep it keeping guys relevant and keep, you know, keeping them in the face of the NBA. So all prayers to David Stern and his family that he has good health in the future. Yeah, like I said, yeah, man, that's pretty sad with David Stern. But, Beats, you have anything now? Uh, I just want to say. On David Stern. Uh, I was just going to send thoughts and prayers to him and his family going through this and, I don't know much about the, you say it's the brain hemorrhage. I mean, I don't know much about that, but hopefully, I don't want to sound, I don't like, I don't know much about it, but hopefully, he can just, you know, pull through or get whatever treatment he needs to help get through this. Um, but as far as that goes, I don't know much about that illness. But um, as far as his impact on the game, I was going to bring that up too, Lee, about that TV deal. And even, uh, even throughout his tenure as commissioner, he helped, you know, popularize, you know, the game, the NBA brand pretty much, you know, even across the world too. So I just want to, you know, just throw that little tidbit in there. Um, but, yeah, like I said, thoughts and prayers for him. Hopefully he can recover and just for his family, you know. That's all. Yeah, man, that's, that's a good way of putting it, man. Hopefully he can recover, man, because like I said, he was he was very solid for the NBA, you know, making big moves and was the commissioner for a long time. And um, now we got the new guy, man. I can't even think of his name, but yeah. Yeah, Adam Silver, yeah. But, uh, I think that's his name, ain't it? Yeah, that's it. It's something that's like it. that, bro. That's it. But yeah, man, that's, that's that's pretty sad, man. But he's older. He's an older guy, man. And the brain hemorrhage is really nothing to play with. So it's surprising that um, he's still moving around. But uh, hopefully, David can pull it out. But other than that, uh, that pretty much concludes another episode, bro. Uh, Anything else you guys want to touch on? Or? Yeah, I just, I just wanted to, I just wanted to, since I forgot to put it in the rundown, the Monday nighter tonight, uh, the Colts at the Saints. Um, I just kind of wanted to see what you guys' prediction was on that. Me personally, I'm going with the Saints, baby, in the Mercedes Benz Superdome. And where's the Saints are beating the Colts to a bloody Pope? As of now, what's the score? Oh, it's a uh, still zero seventeen. Okay. So yeah, are we taking the uh, Saints? Same. Who that? Well, yeah, that that, that kind of concludes another man. Uh, let me uh, ask you guys: Have you guys been watching? Uh, I got Netflix, don't you? Yeah. yeah. 
Beast, did you ever watch uh, Lost in Space series? Uh-uh. I remember you telling me about that, too. Season two. Season two will be dropping December twenty fourth. That's my type of shit. That's what I watch. But yeah, it drops uh, on twenty fourth. Well, I gotta see if I can just play the Yeah, it's real good, man. Uh, if y'all like space stuff, I suggest y'all watch it. It's real. Yeah, good. I might have to watch it by myself. My lady might not be into that, there, buddy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, well, yeah, like I said, that concludes another episode, man. We're we're back, and um, we'll be back Friday. So, uh, other than that, beats. Uh, uh, well, if you're looking for me, you can find me on uh, Facebook or. Instagram is Calvia Beats. They're checking for you. Where can they find you? Uh, if you're checking for me, you can check me out. DBeast1492. Um, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, uh, YouTube. And also um, check out the Sports Talk KC Facebook page and join the group uh, if you like. And then also I have one more request, um, you guys, to help uh, you know spread the word of Sports Talk KC, um, wherever you listen on this, uh, too. Um, especially like on uh, Apple Podcast or whatever. Uh, you know, give us a five star review and then um, leave a leave a comment and then tell a friend to tell a friend. Uh, Lee eighty six, if they looking for you, where can they find you? Yeah, man, y'all can find me at uh at Facebook at Radam Jones. Just like how Beats was saying, man, make sure y'all please take advantage of all the social media outlets that Sports Talk KC is presenting, the page and things of that nature, and give your reviews and stuff like that, please. Uh, and once again, we can't stress it enough that we appreciate all the support from you guys, and we're here. We do this for y'all, as Cal would say. You know, we're here, man. Just appreciate all the support, KC. Young Dawa. Hey, you know, when they were doing the arrowhead uh you know chop and all that stuff, I was thinking young dog. Young Young All right, y'all. We'll be back Friday though. Holla. Yep.